0: Hi, my name is Steve Bartlett, and welcome to Fight Back, my Wednesday night uh, time where I get to rant and rave about all the things that bother me in this world, and I'm so glad that people are bored enough to actually accompany me on this journey and watch the show. So um, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining in. We've been getting a lot of views, and a lot of people are sharing the show. A lot of people who disagree with me have liked and shared the show, and I really appreciate everybody's support. Remember, for this country to the work, even those who are against you, you have to support their rights to engage in this great debate in our country. Um, I do want to explain something to you guys, though. Um, I have no writers. I have no uh, teleprompter. There's nothing for me to be reading. You know, you watch a show on Fox News or MSNBC, and they speak so eloquently. The, the, uh, The ending of Bill Maher, where he does new rules. He's reading that from a teleprompter. I have nothing to be read from a teleprompter. I have an iPad, and I have a little bit of notes that I typed up on here. But it's just me talking to a camera most of the time, and it's kind of difficult. So if I'm not as articulate as Cicero uh, or saying anything as beautifully written as the Gettysburg Address, I'm just making this up as I go along. So uh, this is our eighth episode in a row where we're going to be talking about guns. We've been covering all kinds of episodes uh, in which we're talking about guns. And because this is number eight in a row talking about guns, We're going to keep talking about it because that's what I promised you guys. I said that we're not going to give up the topic until we've handled everything. And there's one major issue that we haven't talked about, and that is the concept of carrying a concealed weapon. Because, you know, as the people who like guns will say, what's the sense of having a toy if you're not allowed to play with it, right? So for most of our nation's histories, Most states have had laws making it completely illegal to carry a concealed weapon. Now, this is back in the old West days when you can carry it unconcealed. But gradually, uh, our society started changing in which carrying an unconcealed weapon was considered to be taboo. And as those laws made it illegal to carry them unconcealed, laws started making it legal for people to carry concealed weapons. So now, unlike 100 years ago, it's much more Uh, It's much easier to be allowed to carry a concealed weapon than it used to be, but it's much more difficult to carry it unconcealed. Now, the states are very different in the ways that uh, they allow or disallow the ability for people to carry a concealed weapon or not. And there's basically three ways that states can actually deal with the situation. Approximately 12 states, and you can pretty much figure out which states these are, but there's a little twist. Some of the Libertarian-bended states like Maine and New Hampshire are actually on the list, but most of them are very red states, have no restrictions at all. Anybody is allowed to carry a concealed weapon, there's no licensing requirement. If you have a legal right to own a gun, you have a legal right to take it wherever you want. And that's in a lot of, that's in uh, 12 states of, of our 50, okay? The other 38 states are divided between what they call shall-issue states and may-issue states, okay? And let me explain to you the difference. The shall-issue states does uh, does require a permit to be allowed to carry a concealed weapon. However, if you meet the requirement to get a permit, then you're automatically allowed to uh, get that gun and carry it concealed. There's no discretion on behalf of law enforcement to say that you can't have the gun. If you're not ineligible, then you can get it, and it's not that hard to get the permit. And that's in uh, 29 states, including the state of Florida. And the rest of the states, uh, if you do the math, what's that, 29 plus 12, uh, 30, 49 states, there we go, are called may issue states in which even if you are not technically prohibited from being able to have a concealed weapons permit, the sheriff has the discretion to make whatever rules they want and say whether you can have a gun or not. So it's not as if there's objective criteria. There's subjective criteria that come into play. So the shall issue states it's completely objective. If you qualify on paper, you're allowed to have it. In the may issue states, it's subjective. So if there's a reason for why they don't want you to have a gun, even though objectively you may be able to qualify for it, they can say that you can't have the guns. Okay. Now let's look at the law because I am a lawyer, so I do know a little bit about, about the law, about those may issue states because... The constitutionality of whether or not they have the right to say that a person can't have a concealed weapon permit, um, the Second Amendment people were very up in arms about that, saying that that's completely unconstitutional and that they have a constitutional right to have a gun wherever they want. So let me talk to you about a case called Woolard versus Sheridan, which happened back in 2002. That's when it all started. Woolard was this guy living in Maryland who wanted a concealed weapon. The reason he wanted a concealed weapon was he was a victim of a home burglary or a home robbery in which people broke into his home and uh, the guy went to prison. And then, I guess, 10 years later, when he got released from prison, this guy was scared. Mr. Woolard was scared. So he went to the sheriff's office and filled out an application to be able to get a concealed weapons permit. And the reason he said that he wanted a concealed weapons permit was he was scared to death that this guy was going to get out of prison and stalk him and break into his house and and kill him or do whatever this time. So I guess the guy just saw the movie Cape Fear one too many times, and he assumed this guy was going to become Max Cady and get all Robert De Niro on his ass and come stalk him. So he went to the sheriff's office and he filled out the applications, and the uh, sheriff's office said, nope, we're not giving it to you. You don't have a good enough reason you, don't have an, uh, you never articulated a specific reason that this guy has made any threats or that he's definitely coming after you. He hasn't done anything after he's gotten out of prison. You just have this generalized belief, and because you don't have a real tangible reason for wanting to have a concealed weapon, we're denying it to you. So this guy did what most people do. He lawyered up. He went and hired an attorney, and he went to court. And they went in front of the trial judge, and uh, the trial judge ruled in his favor and said that his rights were being violated. Now, the reason his rights were being violated was they said that the standard was was vague. A good substantial reason, that's what th- the law required, that if, that you have to show a good substantial reason for wanting to be able to carry a concealed weapon. They said that standard is, is pretty vague. So they said, nope, you, you can't have a gun, and the, and the court said, no, that's, that's wrong, that's illegal. However, it went to the appellate court after that, but the appellate court said, nope, good substantial reason is constitutional, and um, your rights were not violated. They, and they did a two-part test, and when we get back from break, I'm going to explain to you what the courts said and what the courts actually did. See you in a second. Okay, we're talking about the legality of states that are may issue states which say that they have a right to regulate or even ban the right for people to be able to um, carry a concealed weapon. And what happened is, um, let me go back a couple episodes. One of the very first episodes we did, we went through the Supreme Court standard about the right to own a gun and how Judge Scalia said for the very first time in American history that people have a constitutional right to own a gun. However, if you read the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment doesn't say that you have a right to own a gun. The Second Amendment says you have a right to bear arms. And they're not talking about Smokey the Bear or a grizzly bear or a teddy bear. Bearing arms meaning to carry an arm. So the Second Amendment is more than just about owning a gun. It's about the right to carry a gun. However, the Supreme Court has never issued a decision about how much that that right actually extends. You know, is it an unlimited right? Now, the people in the NRA think that it is an unlimited right, but the Supreme Court's never decided that. Now, Scalia did say that, gun, that states do have a right to regulate uh, guns and say who can own a gun, uh, where they can own a gun, when they can own a gun, and actually exclude people from owning guns who government deems to be unsafe. Scalia himself said that. So the right to own a gun is not unlimited, and neither is the right to bear arms. So what the court did in Maryland when they upheld the law that said that a person has to show a good and substantial reason to own a gun is they created a test for deciding whether or not a law was constitutional or not. It's a two-step test. The first part of the test is, is there a substantial government interest in uh, regulating the gun or limiting ownership of the gun or the ability to carry it in a concealed fashion? And the second part of the test is, is uh, the law reasonably fitted towards achieving that goal? And what they did in the Woodard case was they said, well, what was the substantial government interest? The substantial government interest, according to the Maryland Maryland Supreme Court, I mean the, uh, the Maryland District Court, Federal Court, was reducing gun violence. That was a legitimate interest, reducing gun violence. Well, was the law requiring a good substantial reason for before you can get the permit to carry a concealed weapon, was that reasonably fitted? According to uh, the Maryland court, yes, it was. By reducing the number of guns on the streets, it helped accomplish the goal of reducing gun violence. So therefore, the law was upheld as being constitutional. Okay, now, a lot of people who are in the NRA might say, that's, that's a crock, we were railroaded, we were screwed. Okay, So what happened is they appealed that and went to the United States Supreme Court. And the United States Supreme Court, you know what they did? They punted. They refused to hear the case, which is something that the Supreme Court of the United States has a right to do. They only hear cases that they want to hear. There's no absolute right to go to the Supreme Court. They have to file something called a writ of certiorari, and the judges look at the cases and decide which ones to hear. So if they refuse to hear a case, the courts of the lower, the the highest level court, that's the standing law. So without the Supreme Court wanting to participate in this decision, The uh, case in Woodward, the case from Maryland, is still the law of the land. And that law says that a law regulating the ability to carry a concealed weapon is based on whether or not there's a substantial government interest and is that interest reasonably fitted to the goal. That's all they have to do, and it's very easy for a state, therefore, to ban the ability for people to uh, carry concealed weapons. Okay? Now, another major issue in this area of law is something called reciprocity. There's a big Movement right now, right now, saying that if you have a license to carry a concealed weapon in one state, you should be able to carry it in any other state. So, in other words, if you go to Texas, the gun capital of the world, and have a right to carry a concealed weapon, then you should be able to go anywhere you want in the United States and carry that concealed weapon, and it's no longer against the law. Okay, you know, if you have a right to carry it in Texas, then if you want to go to uh, Massachusetts or Maryland or New York or California or any liberal state, then the government has no right to regulate and tell you that you can't uh, have a gun. And a good example of this is in that movie Unforgiven. If you remember when uh, Gene Hackman is the sheriff of the town and he tells everybody, hey, you guys coming to my town? Got to take your guns off. There's no guns inside the borders of my town. And they used to make everybody take their guns away. Okay. Is that, um, what's the law say right now? Well, the law was that each state has a right to regulate who can have a gun in their own states or not. And, There's a little bit of hypocrisy going on right now because most of the conservatives believe in something called state rights, which is the ability of a state to regulate themselves. That's why there was a big, uh, that's what they claim was the reason they were against affirmative action rights in the 1960s, that the federal government has no right to tell a state what they can do. um, And that each state should have a right to decide for themselves what they want to do. That's one of the arguments they make about abortion, that you know, just because the federal government says that you have a right to have an abortion, the states should be able to decide for themselves. Well, in this area, if a state decides that a person should not have the right to carry a gun within their borders, why should they be forced to follow Texas's law? If you live in the state of Florida and Florida says that you can't have a um, concealed weapon, doesn't Florida have the power to regulate what people do within the borders of their own state? So that's a real interesting thing, the whole idea of reciprocity. And how is this going to play out? I don't know if the federal government tried to pass a law saying that it is uh, legal to carry a gun anywhere you want in the country, would that be struck down as being unconstitutional? Does it violate the abilities of the state to regulate things within their own borders? I think it would be unconstitutional because in order for it to be um, constitutional, they'll probably have to use the, uh, the clause dealing with interstate commerce, and I don't think the ability to have a gun within the state's borders and the concealed weapons, I don't think that affects interstate commerce. So I think a law like that would be found to be unconstitutional. But that's just my opinion. It's never gone up to the Supreme Court. We'll wait and see. Uh, Now, what does Florida do? Okay. Now, Florida is, like I said, one of those states which is a uh, shall issue state, which means that if you jump through the hoops, you're entitled to get a carry concealed weapon uh, permit. And the government has no discretion to deny it from you. So let's go over what Florida requires. In the state of Florida, um, they make you fill out this application and they get you fingerprinted to make sure that the person filling out the application is really the person who's um, applying for the, uh, the, the gun carry law. And most of what's in the gun carry law are questions dealing with people who aren't allowed to own a gun anyway. They ask, are you convicted of a felon? Have you ever been declared to be mentally incompetent? Have you ever been found to be legally insane? Um, stuff like that. And these are things that would make it so you can't own any gun, as let alone be able to uh, carry a concealed weapon. If you've ever been found guilty of uh, domestic violence, you're not allowed to have a gun of any kind. But they also have this on the checklist. So most of it is just the same questions that these people will be asked if they wanted to buy a gun from a gun dealer anyway. Um, there's only a couple changes, there's a couple added things uh, that you have to do in Florida if you want to be able to carry a concealed weapon as opposed to just being able to own a gun. Um, One is you can't have any withholds of adjudication for any felonies or any violent misdemeanors or domestic violence cases older than um, within three years. So um, if you have a case older than three years and you had a withhold of adjudication for a felony or you were found uh, guilty of a misdemeanor uh, of domestic violence over three years I mean withhold of adjudication for domestic violence over three years then you can have the gun but if it's within three years then you can't have the, uh, the permit you can still own a gun if you were found if you had a withhold for a felony but you just can't carry a concealed weapons if that felony occurred within three years and the other thing that they make you do is they make you Take a class. You have to take a gun safety class. You have to go to gun school. Okay. And when we get back from uh, break, I'll explain to you what happens at this gun school and why I don't think it's really good enough to make our people safe in the state. Hi, it's me again steve barlett on fight back um i was talking about uh, the gun school that uh, one of the requirements in order to be able to get a um carrying concealed weapons permit in the state of florida is you have to go to a gun class now i was supposed to have a guest on the show tonight who actually is an instructor at the gun class uh, but she was unable to make it this evening so maybe if she can come on a later date that'll be fantastic but uh, i have found some disturbing information i went to a website called floridagunclass.com which is a place which um, people sign up to take the gun class. And according to their own website, if you click on there, you can probably see it right now. If you go to their website, under their facts, they actually say this. And this is really disturbing, that the only way to fail the class is to intentionally violate gun safety rules. So unless you're pulling a gun and pointing at everybody saying, boo, I'm going to shoot you, or putting it to your head and laughing or doing it drunk, you're going to pass that class. There's no requirement of shooting proficiency that seems to be required by the statute or for being able to graduate that class. So as long as you're not intentionally violating gun safety rules, they're going to say you pass the class and you're therefore allowed to uh, carry a concealed weapons permit unless you are otherwise excluded because you're a convicted felon or whatever. Now, is this the way all the schools are? I don't know. All I'm going is that website I went to, that's what it said, which scares the hell out of me. I was hoping my guests could come on tonight and tell me exactly what goes on in the one school that she actually teaches at to see if that's really consistent in the way it is everywhere else. So here's the big question. What is the impact of carrying concealed weapons? Does it make our society safer, or does it make it more dangerous? According to the Republicans, specifically like Donald Trump, for instance, he believes that the more guns we have in society, the safer we all are. And he pointed to the horrible incident that happened was a year ago in Paris where uh, a gunman killed all these people. And he said, if people had concealed weapons, they would have been able to defend themselves, and someone could have been a hero. Now, they made that same argument in Las Vegas, there was no hero coming into Vegas when there's a person with an assault weapon going after somebody. But occasionally. It cannot be denied. Sometimes there is a hero. Uh, A person does have a concealed weapon and can actually be the hero and save the day. However, there are other cases in which the person who has the concealed weapon is the actual bad guy and something actually happens and is actually a horrible person. You know, uh, a good example of that is um, Curtis Reeves. Uh, The Curtis Reeves shooting uh, occurred at the movie theater in Florida. He's still a suspect. He hasn't been found guilty of any crime, so I'm not going to say he's a criminal. However, this is the guy who was the former police officer who shot a person because he got into a fight with another person over texting at the movie theater, and it escalated. The other guy threw his popcorn at Mr. Reeves, and Mr. Reeves ended up shooting him, saying that he, was, he felt afraid for his life. Now, that's a stand-your-ground case, but it's also a concealed weapons case. If this guy didn't have a legal right to carry concealed weapons, nobody would have been killed. People would have yelled, could have been a fistfight, but people wouldn't have died as a result of that. So there's a lot of instances where the person carrying the concealed weapon is not the hero, but is actually the the person who does the shooting, and it might not be a justifiable shooting. So, um, you know, but what is it overall? Does it actually decrease crime or does it increase crime? What do the statistics say? Well, like I said a couple... Episodes ago, there's been a concerted effort to stop people from actually analyzing the causes of gun violence and there's been um, A lack of research into the actual numbers the government stopped doing any research and actually prohibited research into the causes of gun violence uh, Which is a major problem. However, think, tank, t- think tanks and universities and other groups have tried to do some studies and the results have been inconclusive Some studies have said that carrying a concealed weapon actually decreases violent crimes. Other studies have said, no, the opposite's true, that crime is increased when more people are are armed and dangerous. I did show on one of the episodes earlier this year that there is a direct correlation between the amount of guns in society and the amount of gun violence that occurs. And so therefore, the idea is that the more guns that are on the street, obviously, there's going to be more crime. Uh, If guns were at home for self-protection, That's one thing, but allowing people to walk around with concealed firearms, there's a potential of people abusing that that privilege. Uh, The most recent study, though, came out from Duke University in 2017, and that study said that the previous results were skewed because of the crack epidemic, epidemic and that the results were really unable to be determined because there was so much crime being done because people were addicted to crack that it was really hard to tell the impact of concealed weapons, laws and how that affected crime because of all the deaths and this just crazy number of people getting shot because of crack. However, since that epidemic died down, they were able to do new studies. And according to this Duke University study, um, the biggest contributors or the biggest things that have helped reduce the amount of gun violence in our country have been add-on sentences for people who use guns for violent crimes, um, bans, bans on people who possess, um, who, who are convicted of domestic violence from owning guns and restrictions on carrying concealed weapons. That those three factors actually reduce crime. So at least according to the Duke study, crime has been reduced as a result of banning the ability for people or restricting the ability for people to carry concealed weapons. I have a lot of problems with people carrying concealed weapons. There's a the question of road rage. People who would normally get into a fight would be killing each other because of road rage. Or innocent bystanders, someone tries to be a hero and be Clint Eastwood, somebody uh, gets shot in in the crossfire. Or another type of idea where uh, the person normally wouldn't shoot anybody, but it turns into a firefight because they panic when they see somebody else with a gun. Good guys, there's an old saying that the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And it's hard sometimes to tell whether a person's a good guy or a bad guy. But not everyone who commits a crime with a gun are basically criminals. There's a lot of just people who are plain assholes. Criminals shouldn't have guns, but neither should assholes. And there's no way to test whether or not someone's an asshole. And if someone's got a short fuse and a short temper and is someone who's gonna be willing to get into somebody's face and start a fight and then might pull out a gun, those people shouldn't be able to be carrying around guns just because they think they're cool. So this is what we need to do. We need to contact our congressmen. We need to get off of our asses, and we need to learn how to fight back. Next week's going to be a different type of show because for the first time, I'm going to start trying to offer solutions to the problems of gun violence. See you then.